Do you ever wish you could just start over? Is there something in your past that you can't seem to move past? Are you on a destructive path but don't know how to stop? Are you having trouble believing that God could love someone like you? If you answered yes, then this series is for you. In this series, we're going to learn exactly what God's grace is and what it means for us. Grace is available every moment of every day for every one of our sins. Sounds too good to be true, right? But it's not. It's amazing. It's grace and it's available. So prepare your heart for a word from God as we learn that in Him, nothing is too good to be true. How about still doing good? Hey, listen, I love that's Every time they sing that song, it kind of gives me some cold chills. When he does that little high part, I'm like, woo, you know? It's kind of it's weird. But hey, listen, I'm, I don't know if I said this earlier, but my name is Derek. I'm the church plant intern here at City Lights Church. And um, I want you to know, I don't know how you found your way here this morning. But, we are, but I'm so glad you're here because I believe what I'm going to talk about today, if we, if we really come in here with an open mind, maybe some of us can leave here with a little bit of hope and a little bit of grace. All right? And so um, let's be honest. Sometimes coming to church can be pretty difficult, right? Something, something keeps doing this. Am I, do I got something on my shirt? All right, anyway, sorry. I see people doing this. Like, you know. uh, coming to church sometimes can be honest. Can, can be, if we're honest, can be hard. Because we're coming to a place that maybe we don't, we don't really know, you know, what, what's going to happen. And here, I just want you guys to know, here at Sea Lights, we know that everybody that comes in here are on different parts of life's journey. Okay, we know that some of us here, we've been believers for a long time. And we're coming here to worship to celebrate the grace that we've been given. And you know, some of us are just new believers and we're so excited you've taken your next steps. And, and we're, we're, we, we feel so glad or privileged to be able to do that with you. And then some of you guys, you were just brought here this morning, duped into coming, thinking you were coming, going to get breakfast and you don't believe in all this. Okay, and either, no matter where you find yourself this morning, we're, we're so glad that you're here. And all I'm going to ask is that as, as we go on through the rest of this service, that, that maybe we just have an open mind. A little bit to what God may have to share with us. You know, it's kind of crazy to hear a Christian say, have an open mind, because they, they blame us for not having an open mind, right? But see, we believe that a God created everything. Everything that you see, God created. That he sent his son into the world when the world was sinful, died on the cross, rose from the dead, went back to heaven, and we're going to meet him there one day. I, to me, that seems, sounds a little open-minded to me, right, to believe something like that. Y'all with me? So just as we, as we go on through this, through this sermon, this morning, just, just think and be, have an open mind to maybe what God wants to share with you this morning. Okay? But I want to start off by asking you this question. It's a real simple question. Um, and as I begin to think about this sermon, this sermon that I was going to be preaching this morning, when he asked for me to talk about the grace that leads to forgiveness, which is the title of the sermon, like, as I begin to think about this, like... Have you ever gotten something that you didn't deserve? And I'm not talking about something bad happened to you. I mean, something good. Like, like for me, that's a, like that, that's, that's a story. I mean, listen, I, I married up. My wife is beautiful. I don't deserve her. Hey, listen, she, she's a hot mama. Uh, listen, I have, two, I have two great kids who, who love and adore me, and I adore them. Hey, and I have a family who supports me in what I'm doing. I have a church that's back me. I mean, I've gotten all kinds of stuff that I don't deserve. Anybody with me on that? Can you, like, hey, listen. 
if anything, all, I, don't even, I don't even deserve a pile of dirt with the way that I treated God in my life. But it's given me so many blessings to think about. You know, and, maybe, and, and maybe for some of us, like we're in a spot in our life to where may, well, that we don't see that in our life. Like we don't feel that we don't, we don't feel that we've been blessed or that we've gotten something we don't deserve. Maybe we've gotten what we deserve and we're wondering if God even cares that I've gotten what I deserve. Is God, is God, is God just tolerating me? Is God, do, does God know that I don't deserve this so he's punishing me for what I've done in my past? And I hope by the end of this, as we look at a story in the Bible, that, that, that you will see that God is a father who loves us and is chasing after us and adores us and is going to lavish upon us great and powerful things. All right, so as we, as we, as we look, as I, as I was looking through the Bible to figure out what I want to talk about, I came across this, this story, and it's a really familiar story. You know, we have you know, a couple parables before about grace and forgiveness and the importance of one and all, all this kind of stuff. But we get to Luke 15. And at Luke 15, I kind of feel like it's a story of someone who got something they didn't deserve. So it's, starting, starting in Luke 15, verse 11, it says this. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, a sh- give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Like, let me just say this on a side note. Sometimes God will give us exactly what we ask for to show us that we're wrong. All right? Sometimes God will give us exactly what we ask for to show us that we're messing up. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took, took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in, the, in that country. And he began to be in need. So, so he went and hired himself out to, to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed his pigs. And he was longing to be, longing to be fed with pods like the pigs ate. But no one gave him anything. So get this, the son asked his father for something that wasn't yet his. The father gave it to him, and he went and wasted it away. You know, sometimes in our life we do things, we live a lifestyle where we're just wasting our life. For some of us, we're, we're, we're totally going the opposite direction from the way that God has designed for us to operate in. We're, we're, we're living a life contrary, contrary, opposite of the gospel. But see, and we read verses like, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Romans 3, 23, that says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, we've all heard that verse a million times, right? Like, I didn't even have to look at it to read it because it's so familiar to us. But we don't really grasp, grasp the real meaning of that passage. You see, the son in the story openly rebelled against his father. Went and lived opposite of what his father wished for him. And what this Romans 3.23 is saying, for all have sinned, and if you look, read it in the, in the original language, what it's saying is, you and I are in open rebellion against the God who created you to live on purpose. You and I choose to sin. Oh no, Derek, I'm, I'm perfect. No. Even Isaiah, who I, all of us could agree say that he is more holy than all of us would say woe is me woe is me in the presence of God 
We all openly choose rebellion against the God who created us for so much more than we could ever think and imagine. And so what happens in this is in Isaiah 59 2, this is what happens when we openly choose to rebel against God. It's in Isaiah 59 2, it says, but your iniquities have, have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so he does not hear. When we, there's a separation that happened between the Son and and the Father, when, his, when the Son chose to live a lifestyle opposite of what the Father wanted. And for, for most of us, we, we, we sit here this morning separated from the God who is absolutely, the Father who is absolutely in love with us. And just to kind of give you a picture of what it may, what it may look like, okay? Anybody know what the longest jump ever recorded was? It's by Carl Lewis in the 1991 Olympics. He jumped 29 feet, 4 and 1 fourth inches. And just kind of give you that picture. Would you stand up for me? Stand up for me. Just No, ain't no. Uh, sorry, brain fart. Angela. <laughs> okay, so that would be the distance from the beginning of this stage, from this point to there. So, ma'am, all you'll have to catch me if I, if I mess up. Okay? Let's see. I'm going to try to make the jump. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the distance that he jumped. Now, listen. A fat boy up here, when, when, it, not going to make that jump. All right? See, Joe agrees with me. Big old ball. All right? Hey, but listen. That's, that's what our sin does to us. It's like we're standing here on the edge of the stage looking, how in the world am I going to get to that fifth row? Right there. There's no way I can get it. See, the whole point of the grace, you know, the title of this is grace leads to forgiveness that we'll see here in a second, is grace is unmerited favor. Meaning there's nothing you can do to get from here to there, but there's somebody who got from there to here. Y'all with me? Because here's what I, here's a there's a really cool picture. I was about to just spurt it out. I got a look. So you know the cold chill that you get sometimes. That's I kind of got that for a second. But here's the deal. I'm gonna read it real quick. Verse 17 says this. But when he came to himself, he said. So he he realized. Oh man, I'm screwed up. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. See, he's going to try to go and coax his way back in. Have you ever done that with God? Like, God, okay, listen, if you just get me through this situation, if you just get me through this, I will, I'll stop cussing. And then you get there, and you're like, oh, you know. You don't really follow, follow through with your part. But we do that, right? So he's going to go do this with his father right here, okay? In verse 20 it says, And he arose and he came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, so he turned to his father, okay? Turned toward his father, started headed toward, heading toward his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Here's the first note. If you're taking notes, you can, you can write this. About when grace that leads to forgiveness. This is what it looks like. The father ran and embraced him. And I'm wondering if there's some people here this morning that just needs to know that God, our heavenly father, is waiting for us to turn to him because he's, he's wanting to run and embrace us 
and give us a kiss. See, for a lot of us, you know, we think that we have to clean ourselves up, that we have to look better. And the father didn't do this in the story. See, the father is a picture of God, and the son is a picture of us who, who have turned away from the father. And the father's sitting there waiting for us just to turn back to him so he can run and embrace us where we are. See, one of the great, one of the big keys, one of the big things that we believe here at City Lights is, is that we're going to meet people where they are. And, this, and we get that concept from Jesus because, and from this story because, hey, listen, the Father meets us where we are. He's not waiting for us to clean ourselves up, make ourselves look better. He's looking at us going, I love you where you are. And see, I've asked you this, guys, before when I've talked. I said, I've, I've asked you, how many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. All of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross. Which means that he knew how screwed up you would be. He knew how screwed up I would be. He, he knew the things that, I would have, that I'm going to do tomorrow, and he still died and made a way on the cross. He's in love with you where you are. I'm tired of hearing all these people talk about, oh, well, when I'm going I'm to start living a little bit better, then I'll come to church. No, God's saying, the Father's going, I'm just waiting to run to you and embrace you where you are. That is like... That blows my mind that God knew how much how screwed up I was going to be. Say, listen, I've done some screwed up things in my life. Amen, Dad. Amen. Nah. I've done some screwed up things, and He still made a way. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And let's let's go on because this it gets even better. Um, verse twenty one. And the son said to him, so here's the father's, he got to the father. And, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And look at the father just ignores him. <laughs> this is what I find funny. So this kind of gives me a little bit of hope because sometimes when Zane or Lyric comes to me talking to me and I'm zoned out, it's all right. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. Now he's found. And they begin to celebrate. See, Jesus is with us. Right there. He got excited. That's why the lights flickered. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like here, here the son's going, Dad. Like I can just imagine like the, the dad standing here and the father and the son sitting here like this going, Dad, I, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And he just ignores the, the plea of his son. And what he says is dress him up in the finest things that, the, that we have. This is what grace looks like. This is the second note. If you're taking notes, you can write this. The father lavishes upon his son grace and forgiveness. Here the son is crying out a lament to his father about how unworthy he is. He went and squandered everything, all the gifts that his father had given him, all the, everything that his father gave, he wasted it in a lifestyle that he wanted to live. And he thought... That he would come back to his father, and his father would be disappointed and frustrated in him. That's why the son in the story said what he said. He expected the father to feel disappointed in him. 
that he was simply tolerating him. Much like we just feel like sometimes God is just tolerating us. Have you ever just did something so like screwed up? You're just like, man, I hope God doesn't find out. <laughs> That's about every day for me. Like we feel the weight of our sin and we think that God is ashamed of us. But the Apostle Paul is in Ephesians 1 is saying, no. No, you don't, you don't get it. He says in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 4, that even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined, don't freak out about that word, all right? He predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious Grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. That's the picture of what the cross is for us. That's the picture of God taking the finest robe and the rings and placing it over our shoulders and on our hands saying, you are are mine. You are mine. I paid the price for it. You are mine. There's nothing to fear anymore. I'm not ashamed of you. It's like, listen, I told you I did a lot of screwed up things in my life, but my dad still loves me. Not because of anything I've done for him, but because positionally I am his. And son or daughter of God in here this morning, I'm telling you, I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care what sins in your past, what sins in your present, and what you do in the future. Positionally, you are His and it is paid for. That is the grace that leads to forgiveness. Now, we should live, we should try and live a life that is worthy of the gospel. We should try, I mean, whole, wholeheartedly should we push forward and look, constantly look to heaven. But that's the grace that we have, is that positionally now, as children of God... We are His and nothing can tear us from His hands. Nothing. And maybe you're sitting here this morning, man, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I had that. I wish I could say I was positionally God's and even though I may screw up every once in a while that I'm still His. You could, you could do that today. I'm telling you, hey, listen, we will celebrate with you. We will dance. This fat boy might even do the worm. I don't know. Okay? But Listen. We are positionally His. He says, whether difficult days or good days, God is at work. He has not abandoned you in this difficult season. How amazing does, it, does that make our God in our hypocrisy? His longing to extend to us a great, the grace that leads to forgiveness. Hey, listen. Now, I could sit here and say that when I was 12... I accepted Jesus into my heart, but I, I, I would almost be lying to you. Because I did not live a life my teenage years. Now listen, I put up a good front. I mean, me and mom got many arguments about working and me going to church, didn't we, mom? Now even thinking those moments that I really wasn't a follower of Jesus because I lived the lifestyle that I wanted to live even though I went to church every Sunday. I thought I was good. You know, played music for the youth group. I mean, I was hot. 
you know. All the girls, I thought I was good to go. Right. But then something hit me one day. Listen, even after this story, I, I still screwed up a lot. But, but it hit me one day of, man, I have not been living my life the way that I should. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a difference between in the, in, the, in the sanctification process of living living a life worthy of the gospel, meaning you're still going to screw up, but there's, you're constantly trying to work and be better than just living the same old thing every day. And I was living the same old thing every day. I, there's nothing, there was nothing getting any better about my life. I was so unworthy. But yet he still stepped in. And he still made a way. He was longing to extend the grace that this father did to his son. He wanted to robe, robe me in righteousness. He wanted, to, he wanted to give me a ring on my finger. See, in our inability to live out all that he would call us to, he continues to lavish his grace upon us. That's why verse 7 and 8 that we just read says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. And I love that word lavish because it means extravagant, plentiful, over the top. So, so when the Bible's talking about forgiveness, it's saying his grace in forgiveness is lavished upon us like it's too much for us to handle. Like it's ridiculous. It's like it's out of control about how much his grace is poured on us. You have no sin, past, present, or future that has, has more power than the cross of Christ. There's none. It doesn't matter how you came in here this morning, whether you were born on the front row of a church pew singing Amazing Grace, or if you were born in a crack house with a needle in your arm. No matter how you came in here this morning, God is sitting here saying, I love you, and He is waiting to run to you and embrace you and lavish upon you his grace and forgiveness. Well, Derek, you don't know what I struggle with and how deplorable my life is. And you're, and you're right. But I know that it was Jesus who said that I paid the bill in full and what you're saying is nonsense. What you're saying is nonsense. Now, I'm not saying you accept Jesus today and tomorrow everything's going to be heavenly because it's not. Because he, he, he goes this, I promise you, that in this world... You will have troubles. You're going to mess up. Things are going to hit you. Storms aren't going to go bowing around your house. They're going to hit you hard. But take heart. I have overcome the world, right? But I can just imagine. Just imagine the picture like this. Father sitting on his front porch. Sun's a long, long way away. And in the distance, he sees like a silhouette walking toward him. Okay? Could that, could that be my son? As you got a little bit clear, you can imagine the father's eyes just tearing up a little bit. And when he realized it was his son, just imagine... This dusty old road and this old man, because he listened back in that, in that time, it was crazy for an old man to run. I mean, I mean, it's crazy for an old man to run now, but it was like, it was unthinkable then. Like it was disrespectful for an old man to run. But he stood up 
and ran to his son. And I kind of got this picture this morning of God standing on the edge of his porch, looking out, going, is that my son? Is that my daughter? Waiting for you this morning to say, I'm yours. Because the grace that leads to forgiveness, that's what it looks like. That when we don't deserve anything, when we don't deserve the dirt that we're made of, he's saying, I got my robe, I got my fatted calf, I got my ring ready. We're going to celebrate because my son, my daughter has made it home. Can we celebrate that this morning? Hey, listen. There's a promise. There's a promise that we have in Titus 2.11, and we're almost done. Titus 2.11. That says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for us all. As we begin to shut down, just know that this is a promise. That the grace has come, the grace has come to give us salvation. You see, sometimes we forget how much God really loves us. See, sometimes we forget that he sent his son. Like we, it's not like we forget the story. That we forget the impact of the, of the cross and that the blood of Jesus had on our lives. So you have, you have a God who's, who's trying to shower us with grace by sending his son to die for us. Paying the ultimate price so that you can re- receive the grace that leads to forgiveness. Because if the cross never happened, if the blood of Christ was never shared, you would have never been able to receive grace. We would have been just as stuck as the people of Israel were. Because it was, it was in Hebrews where it talks about those, those sacrifices that they were doing. It was just to show them that they could not reach grace. Until Jesus came and performed the ultimate sacrifice giving up his blood for for our salvation, for our grace, for our forgiveness. So this morning, all I want to ask you to do is just to believe that. If we're a believer here already, let's celebrate the grace that we have found because one day we're going to get to experience that whole when we get to glory, and it's going to be amazing. Like, when I go to graveyards sometimes, and people, they get... Sad. No, I read, I, I'm kind of jealous because those people made it. And I'm still here waiting for my day. I'm waiting for the day that I get to see Jesus face to face and witness that grace firsthand. That's going to be the best day ever. That is the best is yet to come kind of stuff. And I want that for all of us in here. So if you're not a believer, hey, listen, take a chance, step out. You just take a step. He will run to you and he will embrace you. And you have a bunch of people around here that will just put you up on their shoulders and celebrate what you've done. But there's another part of this that I just want to hit real quick. Because there's a big part of this story that often gets left out for those of us who believe believers. Okay? 
also, like the big brother, since we've received the grace at least of forgiveness, we need to be open in forgiving those around us. If, we've, if we say we've experienced the grace that leads to forgiveness, then maybe it's time for us to extend grace to those who have hurt us. Instead of carrying around this grudge. Y'all with me? Hey, listen. We have a gracious Father who loves us, who's waiting to embrace you this morning. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here this morning. And we pray that you are a great, great Father. That because of your, because of your sacrifice of your Son, Jesus, on the cross, through his blood, we have the forgiveness, forgiveness received through grace. So as we continue singing this morning, as we sing this song, may we just worship in the fact of knowing that we are yours. Positionally, we are yours. You are our Father. And maybe for some of us in these next few moments, may we accept that. Thanks for choosing to connect with City Lights through our podcast. We are so encouraged by all that God is doing in this ministry. And if you have been blessed through our ministry, please send us your story to mystory at citylightsac.org to share it with us. Also, if you would like to financially partner with us, please visit us on the web at citylightsac.org and click the giving tab. Thanks again for choosing to connect with us.